Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. So today I'm going to talk about the 20 signs that you have too much stress. Now, the first thing I want to mention is that in practice, I had a machine that measured internally what's going on with the autonomic nervous system, specifically the flight or fight mechanism, which is everything to do with stress. And this machine was called heart rate variability. It's a great test. And you could measure what's going on internally with the flight or fight mechanism and also the recovery uh, mechanism, which is called the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, some people would come in really, really stressed out. And it didn't look like they were massively stressed out on the graph, but they were definitely in the stress mode. Yet other people would come in showing massive flight or fight stress, yet they were calm, able to cope with stress. So I just want to point out one thing. You have your body and then you have you. You may have been endowed with an incredible ability to tolerate stress and you can cope with stress very well. So regardless of what's happening in your body, um, you might not feel stressed too much. Yet other people just have a poor ability to handle stress. So that's a little bit of a variable that makes things a little complex because it's not just always about what's happening to your adrenal glands. So if you go get a saliva test and it says that you're in stress, but you don't feel stress, it just means you yourself are able to handle stress very well. So I don't want to invalidate that, but I do want to mention that I'm going to give you a lot of things to help... Um, cope with stress better, and also strengthen your body's ability to cope with stress. On that note, let's start with the brain and how stress affects the brain. And I'm talking primarily about cortisol. Now, our bodies were not designed yet to handle chronic stress. Acute stress, yes, but not chronic stress. The stress that an average person endures right now um, is just way, way over the top, especially because it's chronic stress. Okay, people are basically living in a stress bucket 24 seven. So the way that it affects the brain is that it puts you in problem solving mode 24 seven, you just can't not solve problems. In fact, you're fixated on certain problems, and it's very hard to unfixate on those problems. So you might have had a great day, and you come home and you're just constantly thinking of this one problem over and over and over, despite maybe 98% of the things went right in your life, your attention goes to that thing that went wrong. So one of the things with the adrenals and uh, cortisol is that you can't do anything else but solve problems 24-7. The other aspect about this is the tolerance to stress, your ability to cope with stress. As your stress starts building and your adrenal system gets weaker, uh, you just don't tolerate stress anymore. And this can be um, in complete overwhelm where you just break down and start crying, or it could be in a severe irritability or anger when you experience things that are too much stress. And so if you look at the adrenal glands as a survival gland, anything that is opposite to that is going to be a stress, like anything that is illogical. Like if you have people around you that are illogical, incompetent, insane, Boy, that just really uh, just jacks up your adrenals. But if you're in an environment that's sane, logical, 
um, everyone's competent, everyone's supportive, uh, you'll do much better. So one really common thing is like slow drivers. Uh, I guess that would be considered incompetent drivers. If they're driving like two miles an hour and they're, and they're right ahead of you, boy, that just will just raise your blood pressure. So I guess the best term would be how much patience you have, right? Or don't have. That's a real good index of your adrenal function and your ability to cope with stress. And another point about the adrenals is that it puts you in a state of um, flight or fight where you're thinking really, really fast. So sometimes when you're talking to someone um, that's talking very slow, that can bug you. You're already done with the conversation. You already know what they're going to say. And sometimes you might complete their senses, which can create some problems. And also your ability to um, focus on maybe one thing might be very difficult with adrenal issues. So you might be a little bit dispersed. Uh, thinking about this, doing that. Multitasking is what I'm talking about. Uh, the problem is you don't really feel productive because you have a lot of incomplete things and projects that are going on, which then adds more stress. All right, the next point is you're not a morning person. I used to be not a morning person. In fact, it took me until like 11 o'clock in the morning before I could wake up. Now I am definitely a morning person. That's the best time of the day. I'm most creative. I'm most awake. That's when I'm doing videos like right now. But if there's an adrenal issue and you have a lot of stress, um, the morning is going to be difficult. You're going to have a hard time getting out of bed. You're going to even need this thing called coffee and in large amounts. You know, what's interesting about caffeine is it doesn't necessarily boost your energy per se. It gets rid of the things that are making you tired. So it's getting rid of this, these factors that help you sleep. So if you minus those, you're just gonna feel very, very awake. But in the long run, when you drink too much coffee, caffeine, you're gonna be burning those adrenals out, like myself. In fact, I was drinking pots of coffee in college, um, not just any coffee, like Cuban coffee. So I burnt my adrenals out early on. All right, next one is your, your sleep cycles are going to be not very good. You're going to be a poor sleeper. Uh, a real um, good indicator of a spike in cortisol is at two o'clock or 2.30. In the middle of the night, you're very awake. You're more awake then than you are during the day. During the day, you have brain fog, but you're very, very awake at two o'clock. That was me for many, many years. Now, I think um, the best way to test your adrenals is with an HRV, heart rate variability a test. Um, which you just have to find someone to do that test. Because when you do a blood test, your adrenals have to be literally like 90% dysfunctional before it even shows up. But you can also do a 24-hour saliva test. It's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to um, get up to the night and you have to uh, spit into these little tubes and then send them off for a test. But that's also a good way to measure cortisol. Um, the heart rate variability test measures the flight or fight mechanism more than it does cortisol, but just another way to, to measure your adrenals. And they have a lot of different uh, new apps coming out on your cell phone. I think attachments that you can measure heart rate variability to give you some indication of what's going on with your, uh, your stress level. But um, unfortunately, the one that I used um, years ago, they don't sell anymore. That was a real easy test to measure your adrenals. But sleep is going to suck if you have too much stress. And then not enough sleep then makes you more stressed and it also affects your blood sugars. Next thing is blood sugars themselves. The adrenal hormone called cortisol is called a glucocorticoid. It's a hormone that releases blood sugar from your muscles and your liver, as well as turning 
non-carbohydrate things like protein and fat into sugar. So when you go through stress, you're basically like eating candy bars without e eating candy bars. So that can elevate the blood sugars and you can even become a diabetic by having high levels of cortisol or even taking cortisol in the form of prednisone, which I've seen several people turn into diabetics just from that. So with the high blood glucose, then you have high cholesterol, then you have more fat, which I'm gonna to get to in a second, and you also get a fatty liver. All right, next point is you're gonna get more visceral fat. That's fat in your belly, okay? You're gonna have belly fat, a sagging belly. That is high levels of cortisol, but it's really what cortisol is doing to your insulin levels because it's raising your blood sugar. And then following from that, you have this spike of insulin. So we have a combination of high cortisol and high insulin, and you get this belly fat. At the same time, your body is dissolving or eating up. It's called a catabolic effect on your muscles. So your body is robbing your muscles from your legs, okay, your thighs, and the gluteus maximus muscle. So chronic stress puts you in this, uh, this body shape of a sagging belly with stick legs and no butt. All right, the next point about excess stress would be heavy legs when you're going up a hill or incline or stairs and you're out of breath easily. So that's an indication that your body can't cope with stress because you're going up an incline, okay? Or if you stand up from a seated position or lying down, you get really dizzy really fast. That's another indication that your body can't cope with stress. There's a really good um, test. It's called a Raglan's test. If you check your blood pressure uh, while you're lying down and then when you're standing, normally your blood pressure should go up by about six points. If it goes up by 20 points or it goes down, it kind of gives you an idea of what's happening to the adrenals, whether your body is overreacting to stress or underreacting and can't cope. I mean, some people get up too fast and they actually faint. So that's a, a severe adrenal problem. All right, the next point is about inflammation. Cortisol is a natural anti-inflammatory. So when you have high levels of stress in cortisol, the receptor for cortisol starts to become resistant, very similar to insulin resistance. So it doesn't work anymore. So despite having high cortisol, you don't get the effects of cortisol. So we have a lack of anti-inflammatories. So you get inflammation. So you have arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, uh, you have pain. Um, so this is why uh, a common treatment for inflammation and pain is prednisone, which is a synthetic version of cortisol. Not good though. I had over probably 15 rounds of uh, heavy steroids from poison ivy um, in my 20s and 30s. And that's really what pushed me over the edge because it stopped working. So I cannot have any more steroids. All right. The next thing about uh, excessive stress and adrenal overdrive is a loss of electrolytes, specifically potassium. You lose potassium with stress. So that shows up in elevated blood pressure. It shows up in heart arrhythmias. It shows up in, um, you can't relax because potassium is a physiological relaxer. It helps calm you down. So without potassium, everything kind of goes up with heart rate and a lot of things. And then you also you get leg cramps. Uh, and then you have your ratios of sodium going up and your potassium going down. And that's where you get edema, swelling in the legs. This is why it's really good for an adrenal case or someone going through a lot of stress to consume high amounts of potassium, 
um, try to get it from the salads, large salads, or a good electrolyte. But potassium definitely affects many different things, including energy. All right, next thing is salt cravings. Why? Because the adrenals uh, need salt to help them function. So many times, like after a stressful day, you may even crave salt and then consume salt and sometimes sugar because the, the way that what's happening to the adrenals. And you may just feel, oh, I can breathe better. I feel better. I have more energy from that salt. Um, if you're deficient in salt, you'll feel weaker. So the more stress you experience, the more salt you need. But don't forget to add the potassium to that because we need at least twice as much potassium as sodium. All right, the next point, susceptibility to getting sick or having an infection. The adrenal gland hormone, specifically cortisol, is an immune suppressive hormone. So it suppresses the immune system. That's why they give it to people with um, overactive immune systems, allergies, um, autoimmune diseases, where there's a lot of inflammation. Uh, they give you prednisone, which is a type of cortisol. And what that's doing, it's suppressing your immune system. It's turning it off. It's turning off this overreaction. Same thing with the cytokine storm. Um, they give people prednisone to turn off that overreaction of your immune system. Well, when you go through a lot of stress or a shock to the system, like a sudden loss of a loved one, for example, a lot of things can happen to your immune system. It just basically shuts off and you can develop an autoimmune disease. In fact, when I was in practice, I asked people that had autoimmune diseases, when did it start? I'm not kidding. Like in like probably 98% of the time, maybe 99% of the time, it was after a loss of a loved one or a major divorce. So that adrenal stress can shut down the immune system to the point where all sorts of things can happen, like viral infections, things going haywire. All right, next point is autoimmune. I just mentioned that autoimmune um, diseases are connected to stress and also gut permeability issues, okay? Because that's your barrier to your, to your immune system. So when you have a gut issue, um, you can have certain things invade and cross through the barrier and start creating these immune reactions. On top of stress, it's just a deadly combination. All right, acne. Why? Because uh, part of your adrenal hormones are androgens. So if you're pumping out too many androgens, you can get um, an enlarged sebaceous gland and excess oil and have acne. And not to mention what cortisol does to insulin. It raises insulin, okay? And too much insulin will then make more androgens, especially in females, and that's called polycystic ovarian syndrome. So you can um, develop that from too many carbs or too much stress. Next point I wanna talk about is asthma. The medication for asthma is bronchocorticoid steroid inhalers, okay? Um, again, cortisol because cortisol is a vasodilator. It helps you breathe. It helps open up the coronary artery as well, as well as the bronchial tubes. Asthma is kind of just a weakness within the adrenal glands. You know, one really cool thing about um, vitamin D, vitamin D is kind of a natural uh, form of cortisol without the side effects. It's really a, a hormone. It acts very similar to cortisol. So this is why if you have asthma or any of these symptoms, you should be taking more vitamin D because it can definitely help, especially with asthma. Okay, next thing is allergies. I've kind of mentioned that with the immune system. If you have a lot of allergies, it could be a weakness within the adrenal system. And allergies tend to get worse under stress. And so another indication you have too much stress is allergies. 
And I already talked about asthma, but I do want to mention one point about that. I mean, think about what happens with asthma, especially when you're with your breathing. Your breathing is not calm. You're constantly trying to get air. And I did a video on this. And I'm going to put it down below. If you haven't seen this, you should watch it because when you try to get too much oxygen, um, you then have an imbalance with CO2. And I'm not going to get into it in this video, but the point is that breathing too much will stop the absorption of oxygen in your lungs. And this is why um, people that are in panic attacks should be breathing in a bag to increase their CO2, not the oxygen. So then they can then breathe better. But try, just think about what happens when you um, blow up a balloon or hyperventilate, you literally pass out. So watch that video if you haven't seen it. On, you know, it's on panic attacks and also asthma. All right, sinus is definitely adrenal issues because cortisol resistance affects the sinus passages and they basically swell up. That's why sleep apnea and sinus issues are related to high levels of cortisol, which then develops cortisol resistance, which is too much cortisol chronically. All right, I already mentioned sleep apnea, osteoporosis after menopause. Um, what happens during menopause is the adrenal glands now have to back up the ovaries that are going in retirement. If there's weaknesses within the adrenal system going into menopause, what happens is it causes a, a problem with a, a spike in cortisol. And that spike can start to affect not just hot flashes, but osteopenia and osteoporosis because cortisol is, an, is a catabolic hormone. It breaks down protein and a part of bone is protein. So we're basically thinning the bones. I remembered one dentist that came in to see me um, right during menopause. Now, all day long, she's like hovering over people, but she found right when she went through menopause, her entire spine going up into her neck started to collapse. And she just, she lost height in her spine. Her body shrank and she's just like hunchback right now. So uh, that was that spike in cortisol. It's very destructive. And so that's why it's so important to strengthen your adrenals before you go through menopause. All right, another one is acid reflux and gastritis. When you go through stress, it can elevate the amount of acid in your stomach. And also one little side note, which is kind of interesting, you lose um, H plus, the hydrogen ion. Um, if you know anything about chemistry, it's, well, it affects the pH, but you lose that with, um, with the high levels of cortisol. And so when you go through more stress, you lose the H plus, which really is your acids. So then you're not going to have enough acid. And then the body's going to overcompensate by producing more acid. And also you're not going to be able to close the valve on the top of the stomach. And that leads to GERD. And the solution is to add more acid like betaine hydrochloride to the stomach, not to add in antacid because that is going to make things worse. All right, and the last thing is uh, gallstones. Um, cortisol can create a deficiency of bile and it's a lack of bile and an excessive amount of cholesterol that can then develop into stones. All right, so those are all the indications that you're going through too much stress. So now what can we do about it? Number one, you need to force yourself to shift your attention to solving other problems that are more mild. So take up uh, things like putting puzzles together, okay? Or maybe um, playing chess with someone or some type of craft 
where you're actually working with something with your hands. And so you're kind of getting yourself out of your head and your problems are shifting to other things. Like a really good activity would be something like bird watching, where you're just taking your attention off all these problems and you're focusing on something else. Very, very therapeutic. All right, next step is to start hanging out with people that uh, support you. There's two types of people, people that bring you up and people that bring you down. Now, even within the YouTube channels, there's always gonna be haters. And if you have a YouTube channel, this can be very, very stressful and upsetting if you're reading all these comments of people hating you all day long. But if your adrenal glands are good and you can cope with stress, it doesn't, it's not gonna bother you. But with some people, it's very, very devastating. Now with me, I have the ability to delete those people and block those people, which is very, very nice. And they don't bother me anymore because I have so many people that support me, which I, that's you right there watching. And I really, really appreciate it. So it's interesting, the different channels out there. I mean, like, what is the goal? Is it to, to help people to provide information or is it just to, I don't know, entertain people by criticizing them? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. But the point is that you just need to start hanging out with people that only support you and don't hang out with anyone that doesn't support you. All right, number three, vitamin B1, B1, B1. Nutritional yeast has the natural B vitamins. Well, if you haven't ever tried this, uh, vitamin B1 in the form of nutritional yeast, make sure it's non-fortified with synthetics, okay? Because they put, they use petroleum. It's not a good um, thing when they put that in the nutritional yeast, whether it's in tablets or a powder. When you take nutritional yeast, within about three to four minutes, you're gonna feel like, stress relief because stress depletes B1. And vitamin B1 will just take the stress right out of your body and you'll feel uh, relaxed. You'll feel less internal tension. It's dramatic and it works like nearly 100% of the time. Next thing that you wanna do is start eating more foods high in potassium because potassium is lost with high levels of stress. You can also do a potassium supplement, but you wanna make sure that you have sufficient potassium as well as sodium or, or sea salt. All right, regular exercise or physical work, uh, very, very important. Um, the more physical work you do, the less stress you're gonna have. You're giving a lot of oxygen and you are getting rid of stress by physical activity. You, the worst thing to do is go through the whole day, get stressed out and go right to bed. I mean, you, you haven't gotten rid of the stress. You have to actively do something to get rid of stress because all stress is accumulative. Our bodies are a bucket of stress. All right, number six, you need to do a detox from the news. Uh, the news is extremely stressful. So you don't wanna watch the news for a long time. And guess what? You're gonna feel much better. All right, last point is a low carb diet. High carbs will make you more stress. It's a fact that when you go on low carbs, your mood's gonna be elevated. So if you had anxiety before, you're not going to have anxiety. You're going to feel better if you add intermittent fasting as well. So I have a lot of videos on that topic. Now, I have another video that you need to watch. It's an actual technique that I walk you through how to do acupressure on different parts of your body to extract accumulated stress. It's taken me a long time to figure this out, and I'm going to teach you how to do it to yourself. And for some of these maneuvers, you might need someone else to do it on you, but it's very, very awesome. Check it out. I put it right here.
Well, it's that time of the year where we actually are doing our keto challenge. Last year, it was very, very successful. And the question is, what is a keto challenge? Well, every single day for about a month of daily audio tips, insights, motivation, and just my guidance, walking you through exactly how to do this. So that way you can either get back on track or start fresh and get on your keto and intermittent fasting plan so you can be a success story. And on top of that, there'll be five lucky people that will get a $100 gift certificate to shop on my cart to get their various keto supplements, whether it's electrolytes or B vitamins or whatever. So I want to challenge you by signing up for these free tips every single day for one month. Right now, we have over 5,000 success stories. Okay, these are real amazing success stories. I want you to be a success story. So click the link down below, get set up to start receiving my daily email tips. Hey guys, I just want to let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So if you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.